How's everybody doing? Doing good? Man, this is Memorial Day. What a great crowd for Memorial Day weekend. So glad you are here. Yeah, you can celebrate Memorial Day. I'm probably going to mention it later. But let me, I mean, folks gave their lives that we might have freedom. In fact, I just drove uh, an hour into town this morning to be here with you. Um, and I passed a church, you know, church signs, right? And I passed a church sign that uh, read like this. It read, um, we may not know them, but we will always owe them. That's good. That's good. And so if you gave, um, if you have a, I say if you gave your life, you wouldn't be here. Um, <laughs> if you know someone, you have a child or something that gave their life for the freedom of this country, we salute you and we mourn with you on this day. Um, hey, like I said, I drove, been out of town with my family for Memorial Day weekend. No, I'm not growing a beard. Um, but I just decided today, if it's okay with you, I wasn't gonna shave. Is that all right with you? Let's just call it No Shave Sunday. No Shave Sunday. And uh, I'm just not into it today. I got, I've got the razor and I said, nah, forget about it. And I love that I go to a church where I don't have to worry about that. Uh, come as you are. Can I get an amen? I want to welcome all the campuses, Church Online, Durham Campus, love you guys, Durham, two Kenya campuses, love you guys on the other side of the world, Columbia, Hillsboro, Wake Forest, Sanford, Garner, come on, let's just welcome everybody in the movement. <laughs> Excited about where we're going a week from today, I believe Jesus is the coolest um, God, man, person to ever walk on planet earth, and though religion might be out for some people and is not a very popular thing, Jesus is as popular and as in as he has ever been. And so we're doing a series a week from today called Shoes, um, learning about Jesus up close with Jesus by stepping into the shoes of other people. So every single Sunday, I haven't decided yet how I'm going to work this, every single Sunday, I'm either going to wear the pair of shoes that I'm looking at in the, the Bible, for example, the Roman soldier going to have work boots on, man. You know what I'm saying? Work boots. Um, when Peter walked on water, uh, I'm thinking about preaching barefoot. Get you some of that. But I don't know what I'm doing when I hit John 8 and we talk about the woman caught in adultery because she's going to have stilettos on. And, I, and I, 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 don't, I don't think I can pull that off. I'm sure I will break an ankle up here. Um, but there's shoes every single week and it's going to be awesome. Check this out. This is where we are going a week from today. I am fired up. Gonna be good, gonna be good. Hey, um, just, uh, it's, it's Memorial Day weekend. We can slow down a little bit today and just hit a few housekeeping things. Um, I, I know that the campus pastors at all the campuses just used this phraseology, automate the important. Can you say that with me? Automate the important. 
Say it again. Automate the important in the honor of our triune God. Say it one more time, third time. Ready, go. Automate the important. You've been hearing me say for the last couple years that um, online giving is where it's at. And, and about six months ago, I started challenging us to get from 70% to 80%. 70% of the people who support the ministries of this church give online now. It's the safest, most secure, most reliable uh, way to give and honor God with your tithe. And I come to bring you great news. The finance department just sat me down not long ago, and we have moved from 70% to 76% of the people who support the ministries of this church now give online. That's awesome. Way to go. Uh, my wife and I, that's how we give. And I just want to say to you, if you haven't done that, the summer is a fantastic time to do that. Just automate the important, figure out your tithe, hit it on recurring giving, and know that you are honoring God with that tithe. Um, just want to say one more final thing. The, the core ministry, our, our worship arts ministry, produced a CD that went along with my book, uh, Wrecked and Redeemed. And the CD is called Wrecked and Redeemed. Guys, they have fully produced that CD. And it is now on our YouTube station. And I just cannot emphasize enough that you ought to go check it out. I watched it last night. It is it is one of the best worship CDs I have ever seen. And I also noticed last night when I went to our YouTube channel, some of you are like, I didn't even know we had a YouTube channel. I know. I went to our YouTube channel. We have over 9,000, actually going towards 10,000 subscribers to YouTube. Go subscribe to that YouTube channel. It's where you'll get messages on the weekend and that CD. And guys, I am telling you, our worship pastors and our production team just knocked it out of the park. Can we celebrate them? Get it out there, man. Tweet about it, Instagram, Facebook, do all that. Let's get it out there. Okay, you ready for the word? Say amen. amen. So uh, here's the deal. Um, last week was supposed to be uh, one part on anger as we wrapped up the series of Assassins. And as I got into it, I realized that uh, there was no way I could cover it in one week. So here I am back today to just kind of take us a little bit deeper into the subject of anger. And I just want to say to everyone, and, and I know this is a big, bold statement, but listen to me. If you have struggled with anger as I have, and if you missed last week, you can go check it out online, but I shared, like, anger was my default emotion for most of my life. I had no other way to deal with what I grew up with other than anger and rage. That's what I saw modeled. But if you struggle with anger or if you have been the blunt of someone else's anger, I am here to tell you that today can radically change your life. And I don't say that in theory. I don't say that like, you know, I read it in a book somewhere. I say that from personal experience. It can change your life forever. Here's a key verse of scripture. If you love the word, say amen. amen. Let's read this scripture out loud together. Ready? It's from Colossians. Ready? Go. But now you must rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. You guys sound great today. But now you must what? Now, um, uh, I don't know if you've ever done this. I, you know, I worry about our culture. I worry about our kids too because I don't think we get our kids out in the great outdoors enough. Like, how many of you, how many of you love the great outdoors? How many, of you, how many of you get out in the great outdoors? Okay, good. Yeah, that's okay. That's not bad. So th this word rid... How many of you have been walking through the woods before? And this is like one of my least favorite things to do. You're walking through the woods and you run into a spider web. 
How many, do you feel that? Like, what do you, I don't know what you do. What, what, you know what I do when I run into a spider web? And the more you pull, the more it gets wrapped around you, right? If you study this word rid, that's kind of the, that's kind of the imagery that you get. The word is saying, but now you must do anything you can do to get anger out of you, to get rage out of you. And that's what this message is about, exactly how you and I can do that. It is so incredibly important. I'm telling you, whenever there is anger, if you dig deep inside the, the issues that you are facing, if you ask the hard questions, if you wrestle it to the ground, you will see that the anger is a result that you actually believe that someone owes you something. Beneath the surface of anger, deep in the roots of it, there is a belief inside of you that someone owes you something or you didn't get something that you deserve. Here's how I put it here. Anger says you owe me. Will you read that with me? Anger says you owe me. One more time. Anger says you owe me. And at the end of the day, when you get angry, when I get angry, because we did not get what we wanted or we did not get what we think we deserved. Listen, this is a big idea. And many of us have never really thought about it this way. But you might be tempted just to disbelieve it for a moment today, or you might be tempted to be suspect of the, the teaching. But just ask yourself this question. Think about it for just a moment. Think about the times that you have been angry. Remember, it's a secondary emotion. It's not the primary emotion. So dig deep and go back to the primary emotion. When you were abandoned or when you feel hurt by someone or you feel neglected or you feel used. If you dig back to the primary emotion, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, in every situation, you feel like somebody owes you something or you feel like you didn't get what you deserve. Couple of examples. I know a, I know a man, and he, he grew up in a family where uh, it was laced with anger and rage. He grew up in a, a family where dad physically abused him, and he grew up in a family where that dad actually uh, ended up leaving the family. The mom, as a result of his anger and rage, became a very angry person. She felt abandoned. She felt hurt. She felt lonely. She then took it out on her son in verbal abuse and physical abuse to the point where she would take her fingernails and dig them into his face and cuss at him and tell him she wished he would burn in hell and you know, he was just a piece of you know what. And this kid grew up in this environment. And what he had to come to terms with over a long period of time 
was that anger was not the primary emotion. What he really felt was sadness because his family was tore apart. What he really felt was abandonment because he basically grew up without a dad. And what he really felt was disappointment and, and, and severe sadness because his mother, the one source in his life that was steady, hurt him deeply to the core with the things she did to him and the things she said to him. He felt like they owed him, but he didn't have the vocabulary to put it that way early on. And so what he did was what some of you have done in your situations. He just lashed out in anger and rage all his teenage life and young adult life because he was just replicating what he had experienced growing up. Let me give you a less extreme example. And Andy Stanley talks about this in his book, Enemies of the Heart. He tells the story of a, a man by the name of Donald. And Donald lived out west and worked for this company. And Donald was kind of an up-and-coming employee. And, and the, the company had an opening on the southeast. It would be a significant promotion for Donald. Not only did Donald want the job because it was a promotion, but his wife's family lived on the southeast. And so they, they were both personally invested and professionally invested. And his boss encouraged him to go for it. And so Donald worked hard. He worked extra hours. He accomplished all of his projects with excellence. He knocked it out of the park. You can imagine how surprised he was a few months later when his boss came into his office and said, Hey, um, the company asked me to consider that job. Did you feel that? Did you, did you hear that? What, what was that? You would only imagine how much more surprised he was, how much more disappointed he was, and angry when a month later an official memo went out to the entire company stating that his boss got the very promotion that his boss encouraged him to try and get. Question, do you think Donald and his wife Carla, do you think they were a little angry? <laughs> Why? Because they felt like they deserved it. Not only did they feel like they deserved it, they felt like they were promised it, and so they felt like their boss and the company owed them that promotion. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, if you dig down deep and you ask the hard questions, whatever it is that has you angry, However anger tends to raise its ugly head in your life, if you dig deep and you ask the hard questions, if you probe beneath the surface, you will find that someone, and it's usually someone important to you, and by the way, sometimes it can be you, someone you feel owes you something. Someone hurts you or you didn't get what you Deserve. Think about a time when you were really angry. Run this scenario through an abandoned family. Run this through a broke up engagement. Run this through a child with whom you are angry if you are the parent. Or run this through a spouse who left you. Or a dad who was never there for you. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, anger says what? You owe me. Now, it's going to be kind of reflective and quiet today, which I love. There should be a spirit of 
searching and examining your heart in the room today. Show me an angry person and I will show you a hurt person. And I guarantee you that that person is hurt because something has been taken. They believe somebody owes them something. If nothing else, come on, come on, come on, an apology. This is why we say things like, you took my reputation. You stole my family. Come on. You took my virginity. You took the best years of my life. You stole my very first marriage. You robbed me of my teenage years. He robbed me of my purity. You owe me an opportunity to at least try. You owe me a second chance. You owe me affection. You owe me a dad because you were never there for me. And when those kinds of things happen, we feel loneliness. We feel hurt. We feel abandonment, sadness, despair, unworthiness, or victimized, or shame. And because those emotions are just too painful to try to work through, to try to stir, to try to do the real soul care, what do we do? Like a frog, we leap over those primary emotions and we land on the secondary emotion of anger because anger, come on, for some of us just feels too good. <laughs> feels good to kind of erupt, doesn't it? Feels good to simmer like a volcano. But it is the most destructive and un unhealthy thing you can do. And then, come on, come on. And then in our anger, we say things like this. Come on, you know you say it. I've said it a thousand times. You will pay for this. You will get yours one day. I used to think this more than I would say it. I'm gonna get even with you. Or you say what I said, I'll show you, right? <laughs> Moved out at the age of 15, said if you guys can't live together the hell with both of you. And what did I do? I just started embodying what I had seen and living out this anger and this rage. And I realized, listen, some of your stories might not be as extreme as mine, but anger is anger, <laughs> And more people than you would ever begin to imagine walk around with this low-grade anger just simmering inside of them. I'm telling you, if you will get what I'm saying today, it will set you free. Why do we say things like that? Because anger says, again, anger says what, church? You owe me. And I have some really important news for you. I mean, lean in. If you haven't grabbed your pen yet, I hope you have. You hope you're taking notes. I got some really important news for you. Listen. They do owe you. They do. 
Like in most cases, I'm not gonna make light of the hurt that you've experienced. I'm not gonna make light of how you've been stood up time and time again. I'm not gonna make light of how you might've been abandoned or physically abused or sexually abused or emotionally abused or verbally abused. I would never make light of that. In most cases, listen, listen, like they do owe you and they did owe me. And if you have legit anger issues, someone somewhere owes you, someone somewhere didn't give you what you thought you deserved. I get it, I get it, I get it, sir. I would never argue with you on that. Which is why what I am about to say to you is so critically important. If you hear anything that I say today, please hear this. The remedy for anger is forgiveness. Since I had you say the other one a few times, anger says you owe me, read this with me, ready? The remedy for anger is forgiveness. One more time. The remedy for anger is forgiveness. You will never, ever, ever, no, never, ever, ever be able to build a bridge and get over it, which is one of my signature sayings, I know, but you'll never be able to build a bridge and get over your anger unless, unless, unless you learn to cancel the debt that they owe you, unless you learn to truly, and I mean truly, embody forgiveness. And here's what some, some of you right now, I, ooh, I know it. You're pushing back on me in your spirit. What do you mean? I'm supposed to forgive him for that? If I forgive him, here's what some of you are saying. If I forgive them, I'm letting them off the hook. If I forgive them, I'm awarding bad behavior. Heck no, they owe me. If I forgive them, here's what some of us guys, guys, listen in. If I forgive them, I will look weak, pitiful, pathetic. No, sir, I will not forgive them. They owe me. If you stay in that lane, you'll die a mean, old, angry man that nobody wants to be around. If you stay in that lane, you'll die a mean old lady. And you've seen them. <laughs> you thinking about them right now. <laughs> that nobody wants to be around. And so you hold on, do you not? Come on, come on, come on. You know you do. You hold on to your anger and your anger stays in control of you and you become a slave to your anger as opposed to learning how to deal with it biblically, forgiving the person who has harmed you, who has hurt you, and then you start to experience, I'm telling you, I'm tell, there's nothing better. You start to experience freedom, freedom from your anger. You learn, come on, come on. You learn to forgive the parent even if they are never fully aware of how much they hurt you. 
you learn to forgive the uncle who hurts you. Some of you sexually, and that, let me, let me not make light of that, that is evil. But you learn to forgive because your life is now at stake. You learn to forget the, forgive the spouse or forgive the child or the friend who stabbed you in the back or the neighbor. Some of you are living, some of you are living your life mad at a neighbor and angry because they're not putting their recycling container <laughs> where it's supposed to go. And, and oh, and they're not living up to the HOA. That's not in here. I don't know where that came from. And, and, and you're letting that sabotage your life. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. This is so important. And you want to know, come on, you want to know how you start forgiving? You want to know how you actually take the initial steps today to start forgiving the person or persons, or again, some of you need to be gracious with yourself and forgive yourself. The way you start to do that, the way you learn, and this is a lifelong process, but the way you learn to truly forgive a person who has hurt you and you are angry as a result, you forgive them. Listen, are you ready for this? Come on. Oh, boy, get ready. You forgive them just as Christ forgave you. You're like, say what? You cancel their debt. Remember, I said they owe you. They owe you. You cancel their debt just as Christ looked down on you from the cross and he canceled your sin debt. Which is why it is so great that today I get to talk about anger against the backdrop of a blood-stained cross where a holy God left heaven, came to earth, and allowed his body to be broken for you, shed his precious blood for you, and not just one thing you have done. Never forget, our sin is offensive to a holy God. He shed his life-giving, eternity-setting, sin-forgiving blood for you. Ephesians 4, 32. Oh, my Lord, put this to memory. If this message is speaking to you on some level, put this to memory. You should all have it memorized by Wednesday and you should be saying it daily. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each, oh, I love it, I love it. You just read it. Forgiving each other 
Just as in Christ, God forgave you. Forgive how? Oh, kind of like you want to. How do I forgive, Pastor? Oh, kind of how you feel, you know, whatever. No! <laughs> Just as what? Christ in God forgave you. What did he do? Died on a cross. I, um, like I said, I've been out of town, just came back in just to be with you today, heading back out of town. Um, yesterday, I was just kind of having some time by myself watching the sunset, and, and I thought of the word life. More than anything, I, I want us to experience life around here and the fullness of life. And you know one of my favorite verses, one that I quote all the time is John 10, 10, Jesus came for, I've come that you might have what? Life and have it more abundantly. And the Lord just kind of gave me this yesterday. If it, if it works for you, if it helps you, you do with it what you want. Life, L-I-F-E, living in freedom every day. Living in freedom every day. Living in freedom every day. Hey, Jesus wants me to experience life. What does he want me to experience? He wants me to live in freedom every day. Say it with me, living in freedom every day. Again, living in freedom every day. The way you learn to live in freedom every day, particularly when it comes to anger. You forgive the perpetrator just as in Christ God forgave you. I'm telling you, <laughs> This is a message that's taken me 30 years to learn. I'm telling you, I'm not preaching you something. I have this theory. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you from per firsthand personal experience as one who cut his teeth on anger and rage in my childhood home, who took anger on hook, line, and sinker, you will never experience true freedom in life until you cancel their debt and you forgive just as in Christ God forgave you so here's what I want you to do before I invite you to the table I want you to take a few critical notes on overcoming anger. Here's how you do it. Here's how you live out what I just taught. Here's how you do it. Overcoming anger. Identify. Identify the person or people with whom you are angry. Identify them. Now, this may seem kind of silly, but it's not. Here's why. Forgiveness is more than just trying to move on in your life. How many of us have tried that? I'm just going to move on, forget about it. I'm just going to leave town. <laughs> I mean, when I felt called into ministry, I couldn't get in my U-Haul truck fast enough, drove straight up 95, right to Duke, all by myself. Praise the Lord! wherever you go. Hey, 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 wherever you are, there you are. <laughs> Have you noticed that? You can't get rid of yourself. You can get rid of anger. Spiderweb. 
but you can't get rid of you. Some of you came just for that today. Some of you, everywhere you go, you have problems. And everywhere you go, you complain about the problems you have wherever you go. Have you ever stopped to realize you are the common denominator in all of those environments? Dude, identify the person who has hurt you. Don't just say, I'm going to move on or I'm going to forget about it. No, no, no. This is deep-seated stuff. you got to root this stuff out. Thank you, brother. Give me some, give me some keys and some <laughs> pads up under me today. For long, I'm telling you, we're going to start breaking out an organ up in here. And we're, I'm going to get a brother on the keys, and I'm going to start preaching. And the more the keys come in, the more the Holy Spirit's going to take over, and the more God's going to move all up in this place. Do I got any organ lovers up in the place? Come on now, see. White people are like, what are you talking about? <laughs> you, it sounds silly. It sounds silly, but listen, you got you to pull away. You got to have a quiet moment or two, a holy hour. You got to have a journal if you journal. You don't have to, but, and you just, you just, I did just list it out. Like, who's hurt you, man? Like, I know you got a list just like I do. Identify that. Side note, you know what's been really hard for me the last two weeks? I mean, harder than I expected was to dig back into this stuff and teach these messages on anger to stir it back up, to reflect on how far I've come and maybe how far I still have to go, right? It's been brutal because we, we stuff stuff. We stuff anger. We stuff hurt. We stuff pain. This is why we spend our whole life stiff-arming it, right? And, and, but we, then we're unhealthy people then we don't experience life. What does life stand for? Living in freedom every day. I could tell that really landed with you guys. And then we don't experience the life that he wants us to experience. So identify the person or people with whom you are angry. Number two, so important. Determine what they owe you. Like, like determine, like think that bad boy through. You didn't even know they owed you anything. You just thought you were angry. No, no, no. Down deep, you feel like they owe you something. What is that? What is it that you feel like they owe you? And this, this is the step that I find most people skip. Even if you're willing to identify who it is, be careful. Your tendency will be to skip this step. And as a result, listen, listen, we, we forgive generally, but not specifically. And you might think, that's better than nothing. I'll tell you, it's just barely better than nothing. You know the person who has hurt you. You know what they have done. Be exact, be specific in determining what they owe you. Until you answer this question, what is it that you think down deep they owe you, you're not really ready to forgive. 
Until you know the answer to that question, you may go through the motions of forgiveness, but never experience the freedom that I'm talking to you about today. I've heard it a thousand times as I've talked to people, but I've already forgiven him. I've already forgiven her. I've what? I've moved on. But when pressed and when prodded, listen, it's usually very hard for that person to actually identify specifically what they've forgiven that person of. General forgiveness doesn't heal specific hurts. Oh my. Write that down. General forgiveness doesn't heal specific hurts. You have to be laser focused and specific in your forgiveness to forgive specific hurts. You cannot cancel a debt that you have not clearly identified. Once you have identified it, only then, only then, can you do the hard work of forgiving. Number three, you know what it is. Actually forgive and cancel the debt. Man, I love you, church. Just looking out at you and I see on your face some of the hurt. The way you're feverishly taking notes and I'm sure it's the same at the campuses. We're in this together. And this is the only way you're gonna deal with it. So the first thing you do is you identify the person or the people with whom you are angry. You determine what they owe you and you forgive and you cancel the debt. That means, listen, listen, that means deciding that the party, the person, the party does not owe you anything anymore. You literally forgive them of the debt that they owe you. Just as Christ canceled your sin debt on Calvary, you cancel the debt of that person. This may be as simple as a decision you make in your prayer time where you just pray, God, I forgive them. And whenever it starts to raise its ugly head again, God, I forgive them. God, I cancel that debt. How? Why? Just as Christ and God forgave me. And you forgive and you forgive. And it might be as simple as just praying. But can I tell you that some hurts need a little more? Can I tell you two things I've done before? And this is, this is me being vulnerable. You might think it's silly. I've actually written down before some of the things that have hurt me the most in life. Wrote them all out, just wrote them all out. And then I took a lighter and I burned them. It, it, it helped me symbolically forgive. Can I tell you one more thing I've done? And I didn't come up with this on my own. Charles Stanley, Andy Stanley's dad, Charles Stanley, great elderly pastor in Atlanta, still kicking, man, still kicking, still preaching. 
Um, Charles Stanley tells in his uh, book, It's All About Forgiveness, he tells about the day that he forgave his stepdad, John. And what he did was he sat in a chair with an empty chair across from him. And he literally listed the things that John had done that hurt him deeply. And then he spoke forgiveness over John, who was not even in the chair. I've done that. I've sat at cemetery plots before and forgave people who hurt me. Forgive and cancel the debt. And if you do, if you will realize that deep beneath your anger, deep in the roots, I'm talking about deep in the soil of your soul, you think somebody owes you. You think you got the shorthand of the stick. You think you didn't get what you deserve. If you will identify that person or people or yourself, if you will determine, if you'll do the hard work to determine what they owe you, and if you will then live at the foot of the cross where you stay ever mindful of what he has done for you, And you say, oh God, I might not be able to forgive them in my own strength, but just as you have forgiven me, by the power of the Holy Spirit, I forgive them. Very important. Some of you are sitting here thinking, this is very important. Do they need to know that I have forgiven them? It doesn't matter. Sometimes you might discern, yeah. But have you ever tried to forgive somebody <laughs> who doesn't want to be forgiven? Have you ever tried to forgive an unhealthy person? It doesn't matter. They don't ever have to know. Now, there will be times where they will ask you to forgive them. In that situation, it can be powerful to circle back up with them and say, just as Christ in God forgave me, I forgive you. Father, we love you today. We thank you for the gift of Holy Communion. We thank you for this sacrament that reminds us of how you have canceled our debt. Lord, we love your grace. Where would we be without it? And so first of all, oh God, we come to this table and the Bible says to examine ourselves. Lord God, we confess that we are sinners and we need you to be our savior. Thank you for canceling our debt. We receive the gift of the body and the blood of your son, Jesus Christ. But secondly, oh God, today I pray at all of our campuses that communion will take on a slightly different meaning today. 
that as our ushers hand out the elements and we hold them in our hands until we receive later, as we hold those elements and we think about how you have canceled our debt over and over and over again, oh God, would you bring to mind those people who have hurt us? Would you bring to mind those people who we think owe us? And in this very moment, oh God, as we hold those elements before we receive them together later, may we start the hard work, the painful process, the process that takes courage, and grit, and determination. May we forgive them. May we forgive him. May we forgive her. May we name them. May we start to identify what they have done that has hurt us so deeply. <laughs> and may we declare, you are forgiven. I cancel your debt. You owe me nothing anymore. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen.